Hello, folks. This is the Lost Remote Podcast. Thanks for finding us at the last place you look. This week, we're going to be talking about Basket Case. I'm Brian, and I'm here with Zach and Arthur. Now, let's talk about Basket Case. Just a little short stint about it. It's about two brothers who were conjoined twins, a.k.a. Siamese twins, and they were separated at a young age. And Then they decided that, uh, you know what the best thing is? Revenge on the doctors who did it. So they traveled to New York to exact the rest of their revenge on the doctors, where at the beginning of the movie we get a little taste of that action. And so the movie is basically two brothers who haven't known much of the world in the big city. And now we get to enjoy the fruits of their ignorance. So, before there was Tango and Cash, before there was Milo and Otis, before there was Turner and Hooch, there is Dwayne and Belial Bradley. Guys, <laughs> what did you think of this movie? <laughs> Those are some iconic duos, and that definitely just rolls off the tongue, and I would say are absolutely in the same echelon. I... That's a hell of an intro for Basket Case. That's, that's yeah, uh, I love it. Um, I I enjoy Basket Case. It is a a weird, dark, loud, funny tale. But man, it's it's a heck of a ride. So I'm oh, I'm yeah. in. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, this is a movie straight out of the Grindhouse kind of, oh. of horror movie, and that I think that's spectacular, especially for when you know came out, and I, I had fun watching it. So. Frank Frank Hennenlotter has a style and a taste, and it does not not work for the masses. But man, it's a it's a heck of a ride when it, when it, he's putting a movie together for sure. Yeah, if you like his style, you will love this this movie, Basket Case. It's very fun. So Brian, you know yeah. this was your pick. Uh, tell Maybe maybe approach it from the I think something we've gotten away from because we did a couple first time watches but yeah do you have memories of the first time you saw this what stands yes. out what did you want people uh, to get from this viewing okay so this is basically a lot of our experiences watching these movies are from a time that really can't be recreated anymore because everything's moved on to streaming online and basically video on demand. This is one of those flicks that I saw that came on late night on TMC and, you know, just happened to watch it. And it was, uh, you know, at the time, pretty creepy. It's a creepy concept altogether, really. And, uh, yeah, that's why. Do you do you know, with it being late night TMC, was it actually a weekend? Was it a drive-in? Was it a Joe Bob hosted one? Because that would have uh, been the time period. I, I think Joe Bob did a host of it. It might have nice. been Joe Bob, but, like, a lot of these... A lot of my picks are Joe Bob, but right. Yeah. I'm just saying that TMC on the weekend, you know, would uh, have been when he was running a couple of his. So well, yeah, it was late if... night, so it was probably week weekend. It wasn't something I was watching on a school night. It had been <laughs> after midnight. And if I it mean, was maybe... Joe Bob's guys, it would have been on TNT or TCM, the Turner Classic Movies. That is incorrect. It would have been TMC, TMC the really movie the movie channel. channel? The movie yeah. channel. I just remember him a so, lot on, a, on channel TNT. Seven, dude. So I'm going to set the thing. So with Brian, I don't know what year you would be talking about, but before the TNT period, he was oh, okay. from yep. some middle, late 80s to early 90s, he did the movie channel. And what happened was the movie channel decided to start advertising never more than a minute between movies. 
And when you do never more than a minute between movies, the idea of having a movie host on the weekend goes away. And yep. shortly okay. after that was when he moved over to TNT. See, I, I, I didn't have the movie channel growing up. So you're saying TMC, and I knew that he did the, the TNT stuff, which is a Turner property, and so it was TCM. Right. So I just assumed that maybe he had like a horse stint on TCM, but that really would not make sense. <laughs> he is a big Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. It's his favorite movie, but he was not a TCM host. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I I never had it. But you know, you'd go to a sleepover, and then you'd see something on the on the guy on the listings, and then all of a sudden, there's this cowboy talking to you about, you know, what you're going to experience, and that just Basket Case is definitely one of his movies, and Frank is definitely one of his directors. So I was just curious if you even registered whether or not it was a a Joe Bob host or not. Um, what? When you when you tell somebody to watch this movie, what are you hoping registers with them, Brian? Oh man, like there's there's a bit of, like if you're younger, like I like if I ran into Belial nowadays, I would not be <laughs> terribly afraid, based on having been jaded by all kinds of visual, you know, designs and effects from movies and seeing stuff in real life, you know. But as a younger person with little experience, that's who you're aiming at with this one. It's like, yeah. he looks real creepy in this. The people who definitely shouldn't see it are the ones should, who should watch it. <laughs> yes. Well, no, no, say... I'm not talking, like, I'm saying, like, early, early teens. Yes, yes, okay. So when I watch this and I see Belial, it instantly makes me think of uh, Meatwad from Aqua Teen Hunger Force <laughs> and Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I think they owe... Frank some money for those creations because they look almost like a quite of a ripoff of Belial. Well, yeah. So, and I know this came out before Turtles, so and Aquatine. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know when. When did the Ninja Turtles comic come out? Comics would have been 84, 85, and the mm -hmm. Utrons in it weren't the first couple issues. I think Krang as he was, was a, you know, how did the toys that make, the toys that make us kind of talk about what gets added for the cartoon and stuff. Yeah. Uh, there were some little brain creatures called the Utrons in the comic, but it still would have been three or four years after this. Yeah. Okay. I, it's, that's just the look that when I saw it, I was like, <laughs> holy crap, it's Krang. And then it's Meatwad. You know, Kevin Eastman's a guy on social media. You might, Throw him an ass sometime. Did Belial uh, influence Krang or the Utrons? He's he's active. He does he did a lot of Q and A watch alongs of the movie last year and stuff like that. I I, th I think he'd answer it honestly if he knew. Yeah. So some people do. They'll answer they'll answer that stuff like yeah yeah yeah. Some influence there. Definitely inspiration. Yeah. I. This is definitely one of those experience movies. Like there's just. I, you did a great job giving the synopsis at the beginning. I like that. But, like, there's no way you could prepare somebody for some of what's in this. Oh. Like, it's it's grimy. Like, uh, one of the things they talk about is, like, this is one of those looks that kind of captures what New York was before it got cleaned up. Um, I get a kick out of seeing the uh, the Always Three Kung Fu Hits theater in it the fact that it's in the shot and that he goes there because <laughs> again, not to over-reference Joe Bob, it's his birthday today, but when he was on the Letterman show and Letterman's asking about his favorite 
uh, like movie theater. He's like, or his favorite movie. He goes, my favorite movie is the one called Always Three Kung Fu Hits. That's the one that's always showing at this theater in New York City. So the first time I saw Basket Case, to see that was a real theater and the real marquee and stuff, I popped so big for that. Like, I just, <laughs> I love that. And, you know, the other funny factoid they throw out about it is like when he flashes his money to check into the hotel, Henenlotter says, yeah, that's the production budget. And we just use the production budget for the shot. <laughs> you know, that <laughs> wad of cash. <laughs> and whether it's not it's true, honestly, this movie has one of the funniest like factoid pages on IMDb. Like yeah. everything that's on there as a fact is, or the trivia screen is just it's all good. Um, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff about this. It's just an yeah. odd movie. Uh, speaking of odd things, and Zach, you were talking about this at the beginning. I love that the restoration of this movie opens of all the movies you would expect to open with. This film was preserved by the museum of modern art <laughs> with support from Celeste Bartos preservation fund Man. basket case, you know, like a <laughs> yeah. blood stain thing. But, but <clears throat> honestly, I appreciate greatly that this is a movie that got restored, restored by an art thing like stuff, even when it's dirty, like you need to see, both sides of film you need to have your et and your basket case like you can't just have like the cleaned up historical version of film <laughs> is that is that your double feature <laughs> not to bury the lead i honestly et just came to my head because i was like what has a creature but is very optimistic a squat you know, like, a squat a squat little creature yeah yeah <laughs> as like i did not plan talking about et with this um but it just Around the same time, little squat little monster. How about um, Mac and me? <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> different. Uh, you know, uh, less sorry. Not as much. I mean, there's more hamburgers in this one, possibly. Um, oh my god! Oh yeah. I'll point out Belial is low carb. He's eating low carb. None of those buns for him. He just he's all my... throws him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what one one of my favorite things about Belial in this is you see it with. Uh, almost every one of his kills he always sticks at least one finger in the person's mouth as he's killing them to pull their head down and it just cracks me up so much just see that that one finger shoot into their mouth and pull their head down too well, he's, he's got to get that leverage zach i mean otherwise <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not like he has any legs to stand on to help him out Boom. to jump towards the end how does he get the lift when he does the crotch lift how does he get that power from his face? He's he's doing it, you know, Doc Ock style. He's anchoring himself with the other arm on the bed. <laughs> that, that visual is so incredible. Um, talking about the hands in the mouth, I I don't I don't like to talk about like different like effects things when we're talking low budget stuff. But it's always so funny to go from like the Belial full figure to the giant hand gloves whenever they're doing like the <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah or the, every or time the claymation yeah all uh, the stop motion i did want to talk about the stop motion i forgot animation. about that entirely oh it's pretty, I, it's pretty good i liked it yeah it's yeah. i you know i like it's it's a swing right it's it's outside of his budget but it looks it still looks cool and it's still just like when you look at it, it's alien enough to you that it's unsettling even, but like also cool. Like I love to see that to me, that'll still age better 
than you know 200 million dollar van helsing with its terrible cgi stuff you yeah know, it, i'll watch that stop motion any day um, yeah belial man you talk about those times where we've mentioned like sound effects and stuff that are just assaulting yeah. that belial yeah. scream will stick with you oh oh it just it sounds <laughs> terrible yeah you know, one thing I really enjoyed about this too is the way it was. Uh, the story was done. I like how you start off and you get that kill immediately. Right at the beginning. Then, yeah, opening sequence. You get well, I guess opening scenes. You get that kill, yeah. and then it. There's a little bit of, of play in there to where you're you're seeing you know building up a little bit, and then uh, then I like uh, you get the next kill, but then I like how you get the backstory in the middle of the movie because you already yeah. know the characters and you kind of understand that they are separated when you see uh, the huge scar on Dwayne in the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then he kind of like is explaining, I guess, to Casey or drunk telling Casey about his, about his little brother Belial. And the, like, <laughs> we're jumping to a, a couple different parts there, but like, yeah, it, it's nice. I know we've we've kind of tried to expand and get around on some stuff. It's nice to have a movie again where we can say, "What was your favorite kill?" Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot of a lot of good effects on those, some crazy makeup, some you know, Belial's assaults on, on people. It's just wild. Like it, the the veterinarian one, just that. If we talk about times where, like the unsettling, where you leave the camera on a little longer than you should, or keep the sound up a little longer than you should, uh-huh. that veterinary, the veterinarian uh, with <laughs> the scalpels all just plugged in there, that stayed such a extra uh-huh. long couple of seconds. You know, it's it's why it it's why it sticks around. It's why it lasts. Whereas something like, not to beat up on Terror Train, but you know, like. <laughs> we just go we open a bathroom door and there's some blood in there and the guy's laying down it's like nothing nothing to stick there um, not to beat up terror train but it deserves it uh <laughs> meanwhile belial's here ripping people in half showing him just bury his hand into the midsection and start scooping out the innards i mean yeah, yeah. i really like that pulls rips the dude in half the yeah. first doctor in half that was pretty awesome or the second doctor in half both of them actually so, zach's correct both ways he, he he's he cut the he separated them both. That was is meant to be like you. You separated us, Burka, Burka, Burka. So yeah, I really enjoyed that kill you're talking about, Arthur, with uh, on the doctor. I thought she really deserves it, and I thought he was trying to, you know, give her an audition to go be a Cenobite with all those uh, scalpels <laughs> in the face. <laughs> yeah, I... that that you know. Let's talk about the why they deserve it. So like, it does a really good job of like kind of building up like even though his brother was a freak he loved his brother like they were connected it was a thing and you know it's funny growing up as a as a kid i i was always fascinated by stories of siamese twins and i think a lot of people fall into that hole and one of the things i'd always pay attention to would be when they if one's decided to have a surgery and how did it go because sometimes it it doesn't work for either one you know they make the decision together and one doesn't make it and sometimes yeah. it works like it's just 
such a crazy thing to think about, you know, what would he have been here? 14 or 12 or whatever. I think think they say it. Yeah. Yeah, They were pretty young. Yeah. 12 years together with this thing that no one loves, but you, and you're able to talk to him in your head, like having, having the ability to communicate mentally and it getting pulled from your body. Yeah. There's definitely no going back. And it's not even like they had a proper hospital to go to. They just converted the kitchen into this like <laughs> den of terror to separate them. It just, Dinner it's time. such a, yeah, it's such a like, okay, well they deserve this, you know, like whatever happens definitely deserves to happen. So. Yeah. I was very happy to kill on the, on their father because I mean, you know, he blames Belial for the death of his wife, which I mean, it's an infant. He, Palau can't help anything that happens. And so you separate him, and then they throw him in a trash bag and just toss him with the garbage, and Dwayne finds him because they Palau can communicate to Dwayne through telepathy, and I was really happy to see that kill. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, what about their mental link? Poor, poor Dwayne. <laughs> like, oh, you know, God. Having a Talk date at the Statue of Liberty. And, and, mm-hmm. Man. Belial's got some issues. Yeah, as soon as uh, so what that this movie does do does explore, he gets yeah, so like, pissed. I've got a movie called Basket Case. It's got <laughs> separated Siamese twins, gruesome kills, crazy skeezy New York. But there's gonna be layers, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna feel emotions on it. It's a it's a really well done movie for what it is. Yeah. Um, so, it's not a movie for every like like I said, it's not a movie for everyone. No, it is not. It is so an assault. That, does, does Belial uh, know when Dwayne's having uh, a good time, and Dwayne only knows when Belial's super pissed and killing something? <laughs> because that's that's the flash Dwayne well, gets. Well, what we get, what we steal. get, Dwayne, Dwayne gets bits and pieces, and I believe he got it when he was sleeping. Yes. Yeah. So he, it's when his mind was not active he could he had the dream running when he's running naked naked. down the street (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um yeah it belial just gets so upset and jealous of his brother because his brother can have regular relationships and uh belial i don't care what your view of the world is Belial's not going to ever have a regular relationship. No. Ever. I mean, there's two extra movies. And he knows. We don't know. <laughs> and, oh, until well, Basket some Case. Some of us do know. Some of us do know. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Uh, it, what, one of the things you mentioned before the movie started, Brian, what was what was the comment on the sequels? Oh, oh, my comment was, hi, I'm a movie that was never meant to have sequels. <laughs> and that's because of the end of the movie. Yeah. And we'll yeah. get to that later. But yeah, this. Well, I mean, oh, this 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 movie. Like, it's a tragedy. It, it, there's there's folks. There's a lot of there, there there is stuff. They have an agenda. They do pursue said agenda. But a great deal of the movie, folks, is not their specific revenge. There's a lot of the movie that explores their relationship and basically what Belial's going through. Now, I'm not advocating Belial's behavior at no. all. I simply understand why. He is, yeah. he's not a good guy. 
I, uh, except I think, for his brother. Yeah. I, th- I think I the movie is rewatchable because of the other stuff that it explores. Like, it's yeah. interesting to see the brother relationship fleshed out. How does this work? The love love his brother has for him and the and the sacrifices he has for this monster that no one else, no one else would ever lift a finger for. If yeah. one one person would turns a blind eye, but no one else in the world, they have, he has, Belial has no one but his brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. They well, did have their the aunt dies. But the but aunt I'm saying aunt. she turned a blind eye. She yeah. didn't lift I don't think finger. she turned a blind eye. I think she generally loved Belial just like she loved Wayne. And she yeah. didn't see that Belial, there was anything wrong with Belial. That, you know, I mean, he didn't ask, like I said, he didn't ask to be born deformed. Right. He didn't ask to be born a conjoined twin or Siamese twin. And that she actually probably sided, I mean, not probably, she sided with Dwayne and Belial in killing their father after yep. the surgery to separate them. Yeah. She protected him. So, protected Belial. So, I mean, I think that when, when she's gone and it's just Dwayne and Belial knows because nobody else has ever wanted him that he has to keep Dwayne isolated from other people or relationships because he feels that I think Dwayne will leave him and not want him anymore either. And so that's why he goes ape and tries to destroy. Well, it doesn't try when he destroys the hotel room. (laughs) Good Lord. Bigger monster Belial or Sharon's wig. (laughs) (laughs) That oh, hair is just amazing. Um, so, I'm amazed that the first doctor they kill in New York, I can't remember his name, is it Ledbetter or something like that? Uh, I'll look it up, you keep talking. Anyway, <laughs> I'm amazed that this guy has any kind of uh, clientele. <laughs> Hi, Dude. Dr. Nick. <laughs> he looks like Dr. Nick almost. Uh, Lifflander. Lifflander, yeah, his... I mean, his little office is just the shits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling he's treated mostly criminals. I have a yeah. feeling most of his stuff is cash and at night and not there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Let me remove this bullet without reporting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? One of the, what scenes, like, pick, you know, maybe a couple or maybe just the one. What really stands out to you? Because for me, oh. when he's out, with with his neighbor and drinking and starting to let loose like the back and forth the one up then he'd have to say this what about this and it's like it's my brother he's in there (laughs) you know like (laughs) holy cow that scene is so executed so well um the the delivery from how do we say the guy's last name kevin van henton rick like he yeah, he does a hell of a performance in this movie. And well, I really he, think he that... has to. He has yeah. to. Because you have to distract from his hair somehow. <laughs> that hair, I just every time he was on screen, I couldn't stop staring at his hair. It was yeah. a huge curly not afro, but it was a puffball on his head. That thing is the mullet. It's glorious. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it it Compared to his face, what you can see of his body or of his of his head, it looks like it just dwarfs his head. Yeah, it's eighty yeah. percent of his body. Yeah, he looks I, like has the same haircut as Ugg and Critters. See, I was about to say, 
how did he not get put in critters? Yeah, because I'm I, looking... I thought they look very similar in the yeah. in this, and so it's... I don't know why he's not in more stuff because he puts together a great performance in this. Mm-hmm. There, you feel the brotherhood relationship, you feel the the exasperation of having to deal with it. You you know the the pain, the weight, like. And I'm curious, as, as in this, like the the um, the cast in this, how much like they actually like are probably good friends with the director because most of them only work with, you know, the, this particular director. Right. So I mean, that could yeah, be I, just their only interest. I don't know how much they knew him ahead of time, or you know, if he's just loyal. I'd have to listen to the commentary and I plan on it because I I want to call out the director for a minute, Frank Henenlotter. Very interesting cat. Um, and inter- any interview you can listen to with him, it's nice to have on in the background. Uh, on the Geek Talk podcast that Darcy does, they had an episode with Frank, and he's telling this story that's just awesome about this building, I think, in New York that had a whole bunch of films in the basement, and it was going to get, they were just going to get thrown away. And him, bribing the security guard and they're just loading up a truck with like 700 films that were going to get lost to time. You know, that's a great story. He's very entertaining. He does some documentaries now. Um, and Zach, I'm curious if the movie that you haven't seen, but you want to see after looking at his thing, was it the movie from 1991? Is it Frankenhooker? Frankenhooker. I'm, I am very curious about Frankenhooker. The Bill wonder, Murray quote is, if you're going to see one movie this year, see Frankenhooker. <laughs> uh, Beverly Bonner, who plays Casey in this, she also plays a character named Casey in Frankenhooker, and I think she's the main <laughs> character, and I'm curious if it's the same character. It's, it's, so, it's, well, it's, so it shouldn't be. <laughs> I love Frankenhooker. It's fantastic. It's, it's, it was going to always be on the list for this show, and we yeah. will get to it. I... It's it's a blast. Um, I dated someone for a few weeks when I was in Tulsa, and that was one of the few movies we watched together, and she loved it. Like, it's funny. It's weird. It's great. Like, Frankenhooker is a treat. Now, when you say you dated someone in Tulsa and she loved it, are you talking about your exterminator? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a, a female of the species. Um, and it just, she, she also liked Bubba Hotep when we watched it. You know, she was, she was a game, she was game for, for good, good movies. It just, you know, didn't work, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but Frankenhooker, um, that was the gift I left her with. <laughs> was <laughs> the love of Frankenhooker. What, what an excellent gift. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, all of his movies that I've seen, like I didn't see Basket Case until a couple of years ago on the on the on the marathon on Joe Bob and stuff. I had caught Frankenhooker a few years before, and I didn't realize it was the same director. But he definitely has a <laughs> a style and a taste, man. Like um, he like he likes some yeah, surgeries, definitely. Like, but if you're talking, we're talking about scenes that stand out. I guess the one that stands out because it's it's just the extended scene at the end of the movie where yeah. he kills the lady and then begins to, I guess, hump her. 
<laughs> whatever yeah. he's doing there. Yeah. That's yeah. that's kind of like a creep out. The whole the whole thing. It's a it's a longer longer scene, not just that one shot where he's doing his level best, I guess. Was he bleeding? I think she was bleeding. Well, I'm not sure. Maybe he needed to create access for his parts. Oh. And he had to cut himself open. I Because his that's where we trend into the it's definitely not for everyone part of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it gets it's, really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh so we mentioned that and whenever uh the Casey and Dwayne get done drinking for the night, that's the first time you actually see kind of Belial as something other than a killing machine. You see the, his interest in the opposite sex knowing that he's never going to yeah. have it. Unless it's unless it's forced, you know he know he he realizes what he looks like. That's why he wants to be in the basket because he doesn't want people seeing him. And Dwayne mentions that to Casey, or to, yeah, to Casey, in the bar that he likes the basket. Sometimes he doesn't want to be seen by even Dwayne. So, yeah, it it had been so long since I'd seen this movie. I I wasn't sure if she was going to survive that encounter. Yeah, did. I didn't either. I, I so this is the uh, you asked Brian earlier about these. Brian introduced me to the Basket Case series when we were in high school. I'd never seen one. The first one we watched was Basket Case 3. And I was so <laughs> intrigued by a song that they sing in Basket Case 3, I had to go watch Basket Case and Basket Case 2. So I watched all three movies within like four days of each other. And, yeah. you know, starting with three and then going one and two. Yeah. But yeah, it was... it's, it's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> but, it's I mean, wild. He did the original director direct the other two? Yes. I don't think he, he did. I think he wrote and directed all three of them. Oh wow! Yeah. The reason I find it a little surprising is that the other two have a very different tone, and they yeah. shift. They shift a bit on the creature design. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit more hokey and wonky, and a little. I think directors like that sometimes when they're those. People that are, because he's an absolute student of exploitation film. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when you get people like that that get opportunities to do multiple things, they only got the contract to do their sequel for the movie, but they want to do a different movie. Uh, uh, I think you run into that. Now, I'll do the caveat. I still haven't seen two and three. Uh, well, uh, I figured we were going to build to them, so I'm saving okay, first yeah. watches for those. Well, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you now, when when you tell me that, oh, he maybe wanted to do a different movie, but he was forced to do se like the sequels, and that's how he got his funding or whatever. Uh, I I don't know if he, it doesn't, it's not like he's trying to do a different movie. I just feel like it, it's, it feels different than the first one. Sure. And uh, it's not a budgetary thing. It's, when you see the, the, I'm going to quote here, monsters in the second and the third one. They're a little too on the nose for some things. Mm -hmm. Like one lady's got a crescent head, like a moon crescent. Yeah. It's like that. That's a little much. <laughs> well, so the second and third one, Brian, we're talking about those. They came out. This movie came out in 82. The second one came out in 90 and the third one came out in 91. Yeah. I'm kind of curious if um, two and three were written kind of as a continual story and then they just you know maybe shot them simultaneously like yeah, yeah. One two and three one. are definitely back to back um yeah i mean they, they're released within a year of each other so 
And uh, the the actor, apparently he has a script for four he wants to do. Oh, God. Uh, there was a... Um... There was a, a short written back in and released in 2017 called Belial's Dream. Yeah. And it's written by uh, Frank Henlotter as well. I, I got a question in regards to scripts. Uh, um, I was curious one day uh, when watching something else unrelated to this movie. It was a while back, actually. Uh, I was watching the documentary of all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. They talked about the original script of Dream Warriors. Talked about how it was darker and all this other stuff. I was like, well, I'm going to see if I can't find that and read it. Because I kind of mm. would like to see what it's like. And wow, it's a bit of a different movie. If if I found indeed. Uh, have, have either of you guys decided to hunt down scripts and read them? No. I used to do that a lot in like high school and college I would do a lot of script reading cuz I was entertaining the thought that I was going to write some um and and I used to I I used to love going through those I I recently bought a script book from uh movie scare me from last year that I need to watch and that I'm going to read it so I'm going to try I'm trying to get back into that but no uh oh. I think the last one I read was the idea of Michael Bay's Batman. It's like eight pages and it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I was just curious because you said there's a script out there and I was like, I wonder if I should find well, it. Well, I don't think it's out there to read. I think he oh, has it. Like he made it and he wants to make it. Mm. Like he's got the script. Um, I don't know if it's floating around, but try to find it. Reach out <laughs> to Fred. See what he says. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Um, something you touched on, definitely a theme that you get, you explore as he, him and Sharon are close together, but it's like that naivety or that, that first time experiences where he's basically a, still a 12 year old when they're together and he does like the awkward one hand on each part of her chest slowly. <laughs> yeah. It is the, you know, it's it's as if we were watching like a like a coming of age movie and it's like the first time they're about to kiss a girl. Well, I mean, we are. Yes. Yeah. These guys have been sheltered. sheltered. Yeah. Both of them. Take just one, both. Yeah. Can we talk about for a moment just just one of the first scenes in the movie when he goes to the first doctor in New York City? And the receptionist lady, which is the lady he ends up taking out on a date. Yeah, Sharon. Sharon, okay, yeah, thank you. Uh, she is very aggressive uh, and a bit of a bully uh, at their first meeting. Very, very in, in, incise that he hasn't gone to go see all the tourist traps of New York City. It's like, what, what, you don't like to see? Burr, 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 burr. She gets very, like, does she does she come off as mean to anyone else? And then, then I, a little bit, Brian. Yeah, little, she came off a little mean, but she came Insulted. off as kind of needy and desperate too, because oh, she yeah. was super into Dwayne. Yeah, red flags and, all around, and Dwayne didn't see a one of them. Well, yeah, there's no experience. No at this, at the same <laughs> time, uh, she's also moderately patient for a person. <laughs> Like yeah. later on, yes. you know, he freaks out. She comes back. She's just drawn to him. Maybe he's got some residual 
you know, connection out there to give to someone else. And then even when she gets kind of thrown out of a hotel room because there's a monster, she's like, I, what's going on? Instead of just running, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. run. He should be moving out of state at that point, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she she has a bit of an arc. <laughs> yeah, she's a weird one. She's very she's very forward. I'm saying you should ask me out. You know, like yeah, yeah, yes. And how about the hotel they live in, where just any noise happens? I mean, granted, they're screaming and trashing and stuff. Any noise, every... Zach? Any noise? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not just any noise. <laughs> no, they're the smashing. Hell is that? Every every tenant in the hotel comes to see what's going on in any room that, I... like when Casey screams, everybody from upstairs, downstairs, they're all yeah. coming. I've lived in an apartment complex. I live in one now. If I heard that from any of my neighbors, I'd be curious. I would actually come out of my hole to see what the hell is going on. Um, I would be less inclined to get too close than some of the yes. people. But they, had a, lot of, they, they like... had a lot of faith in that door. Let's just say that. Now that door will hold. They they also had a lot of faith in the manager because when he would open it and walk in here, they'd all come scurrying in behind oh. him. I told him Mario, Dime yeah. Store Wilford Brimley. <laughs> this guy, this folks, hotel, this it's guy a had, nut house. Oh God, he, like he had he had uh, overalls. Or what is it? Suspenders on his <laughs> pants to hold them up. His pants are too small. They won't close in the front, so he's using like <laughs> pins to hold them together. Did you guys notice that crap? No. Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, "Why?" When he's pants, his fly open. When he comes oh. down at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's when I noticed it. I was like, "I was like, oh, what? Geez. Has that been that way the whole movie?" <laughs> Man, uh. it's it's an experience, and I I do like those characters. Movies with those little, you know, fun. Uh, they help lighten the mood a little bit when terrible things are happening, and they're yeah. they're a very interesting cast. I, I'd say a very authentic people. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Really I, yeah, I can't say as I was not a New Yorker, but I suspect that some of these people are some people you'd run into in New York City as a resident. They were probably living in the hotel, and he was like, "All right, well, oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah." I also uh, I really enjoy when Dwayne goes to the movies and the guy steals the basket and I do not know why a lock was on it to begin with because a basic little flick kick takes that thing all the way off. <laughs> well, he makes the assumption, which is, oh, he's keeping stuff in there. He doesn't want people to get it out. Yeah, I, I but to me, just I mean, we watch Bilal rip people in half. Uh, that lock's not keeping his ass in that basket. That's not the point. Points to keep everybody it's, else out of it. Yes, it is. Yeah, I get it, but it's just yeah. like, huh? Yeah. But I like the guy that breaks it and take and runs to the bathroom. Yeah, that was a bad idea. <laughs> because whenever I steal a big basket, <laughs> I'm just not going to get out of there. I'm going to go to the closest place to mm-hmm. look inside. So, overall, you know, seems like we all pulled stuff from it zach <laughs> enjoyable yay nay i i really enjoyed it um it's it you know it, it's fun time it's not going to be one of my top movies it'd probably no. be somewhere in the middle of the road for me uh it was it's not you know it's it was a great break from the uh 
the terrible last couple weeks. So uh, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. We'll, we'll rank it shortly, but uh... a little, little harsh on the worms. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it was yeah. 10 out of your 11 <laughs> you were pretty <laughs> harsh on the worms too <laughs> um okay so this is one it's been a while since i've had a quote really that i glommed on to. oh i have a quote too finally i have a quote from this movie i like you were talking about when she was the receptionist uh-huh what's in the basket easter eggs <laughs> <laughs> why is that your first there's a locked basket a giant picnic basket why wouldn't it be like What's in the basket? Your lunch or a picnic? What's in Laundry? the basket? Easter eggs? Yeah, Easter maybe, eggs. Maybe, maybe, like that. maybe that's a, kind of a sweet treat. Maybe we got a timetable for the movie now. I was wondering if you'd glom onto that. I won't say anymore. All right. No, other no. quotes. No, no, no. That's good. Okay. My quote was, at the end, the very end of the movie, it made me laugh out loud because it's something you don't usually remember uh, when you're viewing a movie like this in your younger years because it's not what sticks with you. When they are hanging off of the sign, you know, Dwayne's choking to death because Belial's trying to save him because he doesn't want him to fall to his doom. Um, there's a guy down there who says, you okay up there? <laughs> That's New York. I was like, it doesn't look like he's okay at all. It could just That's be a stage also, performance. Yeah, that's also why I'm like, this movie was never meant to have a sequel, because it is clear that they are both either captured and arrested, or they are both dead. Well, and that, that may be why there was such a long time before there was a sequel to it, is that maybe he didn't want to write it, and he, he thought they were dead, and then he finally just you know that's decided he had more to do with the I'm, I'm trying to say that it, this movie was never meant to have a sequel, and it yeah, would have been fine to be a one-off. Yeah. It would have been. Yes. Actually. This is a good one-off. Um, any other shout outs for the movie? Like, we kind of move <laughs> into the end stages of our spiel here. Ah, uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was a fun time, like I said. Yeah, yeah. Was... Ryan, sweet treats. Oh, well, the sweet treat's not exactly something that's uh, like the others. I thought it was a nice, sweet treat, particularly for a younger audience who might view this and not know things about our past as a nation. But New York City used to have some scummy bits. <laughs> and this movie lets you know it. And so it's kind of a historical period piece now, I guess if you want to say it. Like it it's a like when they fall out when they fall out the window, like the first shot they cut to is like like four hookers just chilling down there on the, the curb. Yeah, and yeah. I enjoy how the hookers did not see them running inside him, throwing, you know, losing his shit, carrying that basket back in. With yeah, it's not their live... place to ask questions. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. this there's is one of those new, movies. New girls. Where... Yeah, yeah, like there's he's in a he's in a scummy part of town, if you want to call it that. But this this is a movie where you know they didn't pay for permits to shoot it and stuff too. Yeah. So you get that real look at New York. Oh yeah, it was a real look at New York. Before the cleanup time. I wouldn't be surprised if the guy that was offering to sell him drugs at the beginning wasn't knowledgeable of there being a movie. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't know there was a camera. 
know, it, oh yeah. Whenever whenever he first checks in the hotel in this, I, I was just like, huh. So that's what kind of movie this is, because you see the the drug dealer and Casey the prostitute taking her John into the room. It's like, yeah, okay. For a visual for folks that haven't seen the movie and probably won't, <laughs> uh, if you've seen uh, the what was it? The, I believe the Great Muppet Caper. <laughs> If you've seen the hotel that the Muppets are staying in in that movie, yeah, that's the same. It's the same kind of hotel. It it it's looks pretty run down, like the Happiness Hotel right there. Yeah, <laughs> and I I can't believe I missed this quote at the very beginning uh, when Dwayne first comes in and he uh, is talking to the manager and he says he needs a room. He's like, for what? An hour? A night? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hourly he's... rate. Got to pay in advance, and you got to. I like the sign in the background. Check out his twelve, not twelve fifteen, not twelve thirty, on time twelve. You know, or something like that in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So that's my sweet treat. It's a bit of a look at New York City. In a in a certain time. Yeah, that's enough. Still a garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe someday what? again. <laughs> Uh, it's the it's the New York my mom always warns me about because she lived there in the seventies so you know she talks yeah. about the oh, the edge that it could fall off but yeah she doesn't need to watch Basket <laughs> Case to know if she ever gets nostalgic <laughs> she can ever she can just watch the first ten minutes of the movie and go yep <laughs> I don't think that'll happen uh, yeah, well, just the first ten yeah. Yeah, she doesn't see anything bad then. She needs to skip the first five, so she, you miss the kill with <laughs> right. the, the doctor with Belial. Just him walking to the hotel, she's like, mm hmm, mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, I've seen that crap. <laughs> uh, what are we What are we pairing this with, boys? What if you're watching Basket Case and you've got someone you're hanging out with? What are, What are you What are you wearing with it? Well, because um, my cheeky fellows sometimes. I'm going to actually pair this with uh, Turner and Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> what do you watch first? You watch uh, Turner and Hooch as the like late night ish prime time er area. You know, maybe started at nine o'clock. Yeah. You know, if you're watching it with the family, you know, and then the kids go to bed, you can watch Basket Case afterwards as a joke. It's kind of a joke pairing. I'm not going to lie. This doesn't go with much in my mind. Yeah. Except for ET, obviously. ET, it's not mine, but I'll, uh, it's definitely in there. <laughs> Zach, what so, do you think? You know, when I watch this and I want to pair it with something, I want to want to pair it with uh, some other evil siblings. So I thought about going, or just not maybe evil siblings, but just strange siblings. So I thought about going with the House of Wax remake, but then I remembered that this is another another movie that I love. I would pair this with the people under the stairs. Ooh. What do you mm -hmm. show first? I would show uh, basket case first and then people under the stairs. Be good to end the night. I've seen people rubbish. under the stairs. You haven't. I have not. Ooh. Well, that will come up. All right. I, speaking of ones that will come up eventually, uh, I would pair this with another one of, Frank's movies. Um, I think, and I only saw this the first time last year during uh, Last Drive-In, but Brain Damage, another story of a person and their creature type of thing. Uh, it's one of Frank's movies. It's incredible. 
you know, we'll talk about it more down the road, but basically symbiotic alien relationship, the thing floods your brain with uh, feel-good juice and it drives your body around and eats brains. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah, so he had a really great run. Like, it was really busy from the late 80s through, like, 91. Yeah. I mean, he did Brain Damage, Basket Case 2, Frankenhooker, and Basket Case 3, all within a three-year period there. So, I mean, he was busy. Gotta make that I've money. Been, I try, I've never seen Brain Damage, but the poster is really intriguing. It's, I, I'd always heard of the title, and it really caught me off guard. It's, it's a hell of a journey. Um, Heads up, Elmer's here. That's the tag. Elmer. 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 Give it a okay. little ale, like a beer. Elmer. Well, Eat as we glue. know, I'm from Oklahoma, and it's Elmer, like Elmer. Elmer's glue. I, <laughs> oh, Pooper, Elmer's here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I kind of have a feeling where we're probably going with some of the rankings. Um, but just to help you out... Uh, the way we kind of open up, I actually have forgotten to introduce this the last couple times. At the Lost Remote Podcast, we like to rank the movies we have seen and declare which is the greatest movie of all time and the other ones we've seen where it falls in order. Uh, our current greatest movie of all time is Batman Returns. Brian, your top three is currently Batman Returns, Poltergeist, and Scrooge. Does it crack that top? It does not. Okay. Do you want me to talk about the middle or the back end of your... Oof. What, uh, remind me of the middle again. So after right Scrooge, we've got Return to Oz, Blob, Fright Night, House, Hellraiser, Evil Dead, Squirm, Terror Train. Oof. Uh, I think I have to place this right after Fright Night. Okay. I think that's about what it deserves. Um, it's it's great. Yeah. Uh, so are those other movies. Like <laughs> Zach, you want me to go first or you want to go first? Uh, go ahead, bud. Okay. So I'm looking at top three, Batman Returns, Scrooge, and Fright Night, Return to Oz, Blob, Evil Dead... It's going to go right in between Blob and Evil Dead for me. Ooh. Yeah. I, it's, got, it's got more than I'm looking for when it comes to the different kills and stuff like that and the way the story's laid out. Oh, yeah, and it wasn't very long. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's always going to shake the head at it. Again! Army of Darkness, we're in a different tale here, but Evil hey, Dead hey, 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 hey. It's is okay. a trendsetter, but it's got some things that just don't quite do for me. All right, Zach, your top three, Scrooged, Evil Dead, Fright Night. Uh, you're, you want to just go through it all, or what do you want to kind of... Uh, yeah, just go through them, so I don't Hunter remember. Guys, Batman Returns. Blob, Return to Oz, House, Hellraiser. You're, yeah, you're good. You're, you're good there. You're good there. Yeah, I don't need to hear the bottom garbage. Uh, I want to put this before Return to Oz. Okay. I think I would watch this again before I watch Return to Oz. 
Yeah, so right it's above around. Bob is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a good movie. It's middle of the road for me on on the as far as the movies we've seen. Uh, I mean, it's, it just is. I'm not always going to be in a basket case mood, but it did play <laughs> yeah. well after a couple years off. Like, yeah, it yeah. Does. <laughs> so it, 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 it had been a while since I'd seen it, and I'd forgotten a bunch of stuff. I was like, "Oh, I can't believe I picked this movie now." There's some creepy <laughs> ass shit in here. It had Belial been, I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so February's coming up. Uh, Zach, are we doing anything particular for your uh, next pick, or what do we have coming up from you? Uh, you know, I didn't plan on doing anything particular for my pick, uh, but that can be changed real quick. Hold on. Okay. While you're doing that. What is this uh, joke? (laughs) Huh? Nothing. Oh, uh, while you're doing that, I just shout out the other podcast I hop on, uh, with my buddy Casey, useless knowledge podcast. And this last couple of weeks, we've been doing a fun little spiel where we've been, He'll throw up a, 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 a survey with a couple of movie ideas and for what they'd like to hear our, our fan sequel ideas for. And we did a couple off the Fran- Friday the 13th series. We did, I forget what last week was. And then this week we just recorded one where it was our ideas for a Demon Knight sequel. Um, Ooh. Pretty fun. Yeah. And that one actually hit me with some inspiration I'm pretty proud of. So, you know, I, I'm going to throw out, Casey always does a good job of promoting this on there, and I want to make sure, shout yeah. out the other thing that I hop on to. Zach, I don't know if you should try too hard. Maybe you should break the seal. Maybe we should No, I got it, man. So, I was actually going to dive into Wes Craven stuff, but since mm-hmm. it is coming up and Valentine's Day is right around the corner, I want to see, review My Bloody Valentine from 1981. Okay, the original. Nine, yes, the original. Uh, I remember seeing it as a youngin, and it scared the crap out of me. So, I have not watched this movie in thirty years, <laughs> almost thirty wow. years. So, I'm I have sure not it will it. not still scare me <laughs> like it did back then. But it scared me enough. I was like, nope, not watching it again. Is there an easy way for the folks to see it? Yes, it is currently available on Amazon Prime. There you go. Watch quickly, because as we've learned in the past, (laughs) February is coming up, so they'll probably drop it. (laughs) (laughs) Who would want to see? I know like that was one of the things like people would do movie rights with Netflix would do like, oh, the time where people would watch our movies coming up, drop it so we can sell it. You know, that that absolutely happened at different times. I do have a copy of it just in case. Um, But I was. That, that happened to Monster Squad this year around Halloween. Oh. I was saving it on Amazon Prime to watch during the Halloween season. And like October 3rd, it came off of Prime Video, and mm-hmm. I was very upset. <laughs> it's it's my Halloween movie. Like, I do that one on Halloween pretty much every year. And since my power was out this time, I went ahead and bought a copy of it digitally on Halloween and was when I was over at my parents or whatever and downloaded it so I could still watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's, that's my, that's my October 31st, one of the must watches these days. Huh. So my, Brian, uh, it'll be a first time watch for you. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've <clears throat> seen the original once, but it was late. So not much of it stuck. I've seen the remake 
like three or four times because I had the 3D disc. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. I don't I don't think it's any expertise of any of us, but also a well-known one. I think I'll wind up watching it twice next month because I think Joe Bob's probably going to run it on his Valentine special. They don't announce them ahead of time, but I'm, I have a guess that it will be. Um, what else? Anything else to shout out, guys? Any final thoughts? Anything coming up you're looking forward to? Well, I've just finished the first season of uh, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. On uh, HBO Max. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the first season of Batman the Animated Series is about 65 episodes. <laughs> the reason for that is um, they needed to get syndication ability. And you needed a certain amount of episodes to do that. I believe 60 is the mark. Pretty good terrifying episodes in there. Uh-huh. Um, what, uh, what, are, what, are, what are a couple standout episodes from the first season for you? Oh, man. Uh, I like the Clayface ones. Those are pretty good. There's like two. Um, maybe maybe there's a two-parter uh, Clayface. But um, what stuck out, there was a, a, hol- uh, a, a holiday special because we recently yeah. did our Christmas stuff. And we talked about Christmas episodes of some Christmas with the television Joker. shows. And, yeah, Christmas with the Joker was one of those. But, uh, I like... yeah, you know, there's so many. It's it's such a good series. Yeah, it's hard to pick anything that sticks out because there's a lot to stick out. Some of them are kind of in. I wanted to skip them, but a lot one of, of them the, are pretty good. One of the early fun facts about that show that I you know didn't know, but once somebody pointed out, you're like, oh, that's cool. Was that they didn't start with white paper; they started with dark paper. So everything you're bringing color to, more than like making it dark over, like it. <laughs> It was, you know, because it's so gothic and dark. I, when we talk about, uh, if you talk about Batman and animated series, I was listening to an interview the other day, a podcast called Jed Talks, the producer from Host Hosts, and he was talking to Joe Lansdale, who wrote Bubba Hotep, the story from Bubba Hotep, and he does a couple episodes of Batman animated series, including one of my absolute favorites, favorites, which is Perchance to Dream, mm-hmm. you know where it's Bruce waking up and he's not burdened with being Batman anymore. So that one always stands out. That was a Scarecrow episode, I believe. I, isn't it? And it's a Mad Hatter episode. No. It's a, oh, wait. No, yeah. Perchance to Dream. Yeah, there's a different one. There's um, the Scarecrow one I'm thinking of. Oh, what was that? Different? Forget about it. But yeah, that was the Mad Hatter one. Yeah, you're right. Because he put him in a dream machine mm-hmm. and tried to create his perfect world. Yep. Great series. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, anything current on your watch list that you've been? Yeah, this is embarrassing for me to admit. Oh, guilty pleasure. Yeah, I, that's right. No, I I read the book whenever I was in middle school, so I never watched the original movie or miniseries. I discovered that Stephen King's It is on. HBO Max, and I had to check it out over the weekend. I'd never seen it. I knew it came out in like 1991. Never watched it. it, it and mainly, I think the real reason, real reason at the time was because it was three over three hours, and that's a, that was a long time for me as a kid to commit to watching a movie, and and then I just discovered it was on streaming, and I watched it, so I, I had a great time with it. I'm, I was a, am a big Tim Curry fan, and so just 
it's just one of those that slipped through my slipped through the cracks for me and i just kind of forgot about it and when chapter the re-release and chapter two came out I, i've seen them but it was nice to go back and see the original my buddies that i hung out with when i was you know third and fourth grade or whatever that had the thing of vhs tapes all recorded off of stuff they'd pull out it quite a bit we'd usually only watch part one we like the clown the kid uh-huh. and clown part a lot more yeah. um, but we watched it quite a bit um uh-huh. So it was it was part of the part of the what would be on, you know. <laughs> well, it's I think it's the the original miniseries is shot pretty well with the good mixture of adult and the kids together. So and um, I mean I can tell where the break is whenever you're watching it. You can see where the the cliffhanger is that they would leave you for the next episode. So yeah, yeah. This is fun. I, I rewatched uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight last night just to get in the mood. I I was talking about this with my buddy. Like when it comes to the '90s, Scream is probably king and definitely the best movie of the decade. Um, and some argue of all time in there. But Demon Knight's right up there as two or three. What are you thinking, Zach? I, I see a little bit of a. Uh, I, Scream is great, but I also really love The Craft. Crafts from the nineties. I'll go with I'm in the crafts good camp, but like, but again, I, I'm just saying from like as far as like well made movie and lasting stuff, like definitely scream stands up. But like Demon Knight, I think doesn't get enough love. So like I was watching it again, and it's just so good. Yeah, and then you can throw on Bordello of Blood, and you just have a great time with uh, the Crypt Keeper for a couple mm-hmm. hours. <laughs> Hello, kitties. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, I, I, when I first watched Demon Knight, I, I really loved it. And then going back to rewatch it, there is some, you know, there was some star power in that. Yeah. Surprisingly. One of the things I appreciate is like the little, the character actors and the other people that surround it. It's, it's a great cast. Um, yeah. It's got some good layers to it. So. Um, and that, that was my first introdu- introduction to Jada Pinkett, which hmm. was now Jada Pinkett Smith. But that was yep. the first movie I saw her in. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then she entered the Matrix. Uh, so, I think I think that about does it. I mean, yeah. for the people that stuck with us, thank you. For the people with uneasy stomachs, don't watch Basket Case. For everybody yeah. else, watch Basket Case. Um, on Tubi still, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, when we say uneasy stomachs, we don't mean just gore. No. Yeah. Some very uncomfortable stuff in this movie. If you're, yes. if you can't handle yes. it, probably not. But I'd no. still say try. <laughs> try. Brian, Brian, take us the rest of the home with uh, words of wisdom. Well, I mean, this is for all those uh, evil monsters out there. Maybe if you're reliant on a regular-looking human who cares about you, maybe don't risk throwing him out the window if you don't actually want him to die. I mean, it's... I know I can't speak from experience because I'm not a deformed super freak, but if you're a deformed super freak out there, you know, and you need you need to you need your brother or a friend to do things for you, like get your burgers and hot dogs. Maybe don't maybe don't toss them out the window, and you won't have to sacrifice yourself trying to save him after you've made a horrible tant- like tantrum. Just just something to think about if you want to have an extended career in mass murder. Thanks.